Good morning, everybody, and this is the Marcus Today Morning Meeting Podcast, Wednesday, 14th of December, and an interesting night overnight. This is general advice only. If it's advice at all, please don't confuse it with advice suited to your personal financial circumstances. Right, our market this morning did something a little bit similar to the US, up 40 points, and we're now up 13, so we've been up and gone down. And if you saw Wall Street, if you read our morning section this morning, if you saw Wall Wall Street last night, it really had a rather astonishing performance. The Dow Jones at one point was up 707 points, but closed up 104. The Nasdaq was up 2.7%, closed up 1.01%, and the S&P was up 2.76% and closed up 0.73%. The reason for all that, of course, was the US CPI number last night was better than expected. The headline number saw inflation up 7.1%. That's down from 7 0.7% in October, and the consensus was 7.3%. The monthly number was up 0.1%. Consensus was for 03 and that's down from 04 in October. And the core number, 6% down from 63 and the monthly number, 0.2 down from 03 And there are a couple of charts in the strategy bit, but effectively, this has confirmed that inflation is peaking in the US, and it's done that just ahead of the FOMC meeting tonight, tomorrow morning our time. And my guess, is the odds-on bet, which is that the Fed will repeat the messaging that they gave us last time. The last messaging we got from Powell was in his speech a couple of weeks ago, which the market rather liked, where he told us it wasn't the pace of rates that mattered, it was the peak, when the peak happened, and where, at what level the peak happened. And after the CPI number last night, the peak looks to be lower, and it looks to be coming earlier than expected, which is exactly what the market wants, and it's why the US market spiked overnight. It looks like our year of worrying about interest rates and inflation has come to an end. And next year, we're going into a new macro backdrop. Don't know quite what that will be yet, rather than just extending the old one, which was rather unpleasant for the equity market. After that CPI number, the other two notable things that happened overnight was that US bond yields came off pretty sharply. 10-year down 10 basis points, two-year down 17 basis basis points. And the other driver was the US dollar index, which had been beginning to look like it might go up again, down 1.09%. So US dollar coming off the top as the peak in inflation is confirmed. All that is good for the market. It is, of course, subject to change depending on what the FOMC say tonight. And we have a central bank barrage tonight. Bank of England has a meeting as well. European Central Bank has a meeting as well. So the next concern, of course, is that we now rotate into a new worry, which is recession. And the bond market's just beginning to reflect that, beginning to reflect growth concerns. After that CPI number, the expectation is that the Fed will not only raise rates by just 50 basis points tonight, but the next couple of meetings, which are in February and March, the expectation now is that they'll raise rates by 25 basis points for the next two meetings and then stop. And that will take interest rates to 475 to 5%. Some strategists have been talking about a peak in rates of over 5% at the end of next year. After that CPI number, they're talking a peak in rates in maybe March and peaking below 5%. Anyway, all good for equities. The chances of a 50 basis point rate rise tonight are now up to 80%. In other words, almost certainly going to happen. So the macro backdrop is improving. The CPI number is doing what was expected. We can worry if we like about recession. We can worry about 
the Fed being behind the curve again, that the interest rates are in fact too high, that inflation is going to precipitously topple from here, which will leave growth as a major concern. We can worry about that, but the truth of the matter is it's not what the market's focused on at the moment. For now, they're looking at interest rates peaking, which will provide really quite a good backdrop to next year. If interest rates peak out earlier, the chance of recession actually lessen. So my strategy debate continues. Are we at the top of a relief rally in a bear market? Or are we in a new bull market? Don't know. Still fully invested. There's nothing terribly scary about the market at the moment. You look where the PE is compared to history. There's value around. We're not in some exuberant bubble hoping it all holds up. We're in a bit of a hole hoping it gets better. And that's a better place to be than in some frothy market. So we'll stay fully invested for now. I was wondering today whether in the ideas portfolio, we've only got two holes. One a copper stock, Sandfire, and the other one a bet on the S&P 500 going down. I'm now wondering whether I should just close that out and go a bit neutral on the market view. The Fed tonight is a risk. I'm going to keep the B-bus bet on for the Fed. It's a bit of a risk. You could close yours out. It's a bit of a risk and it really is a bit of a coin toss as well, but I'll just hold on to it. I'm interested to see that the market took on board this lower CPI number and then sold off really quite heavily. And today, same thing for us, up 40 and now up 10. We're sort of losing momentum, which fits in with the short-term trend of a market peaking after a very solid run. Henry's busy on CNBC today. I did Ausbiz this morning, so we've been running a little bit late and we're a bit stretched today. But Henry, again, in his section, has written about lithium, his high conviction space, as he calls it. He's bought a few more Chalice, C-H-N, and his GMD holding has absolutely flown up today. That's Genesis Minerals. It's up 16%. Henry's sold half his holding this morning on the back of that rise. He also writes today about the Bank of America survey. This is a survey they do in America, a survey of fund managers. And you've heard of the Santa Claus rally. This is the rally in the market that starts in the US over Christmas in anticipation of more money coming into the market or people making investments decisions in January, putting money into the market. The Bank of America survey confirms that January is typically the strongest month for equity inflows led by retail buying. And in years after negative S&P 500 returns, the inflows are usually well above average. In other words, you get a better January, the worse the year it's been the year before. So there were big jumps in January in 2009, 2019, after poor years the year before. So we could see a good January, is the message from the Bank of America survey. Interesting. Other stuff that caught my eye. In the Washington Post, there's an article reporting on the U.S. Congressional Committee into the collapse of FTX. And this is the quote, a small group, this is the committee talking about FTX, was a small group of grossly inexperienced and unsafe sophisticated individuals within cryptocurrency exchange FTX who gambled away other people's money, leaving a paperless bankruptcy that will take months to work out. There you go. Is anybody surprised? Billions 
27-year-old going from zero to 28 billion in three years, and now it's all dissolved into fraud, losses, bankruptcy, and probably prison. The AFR today describes the FTX collapse as the Lehman Brothers of the crypto industry. The former head of Lehman's, who restructured Lehman's, Mark Shapiro, that's his quote. It's the Lehman Brothers of the crypto industry. This is a crypto blizzard and not a crypto winter because there's no spillover yet, he says. Anyway, crypto crapto. I was asked what I thought the most crowded trade was. I'm afraid I think crypto is it still, even though it's come off so much. There's still too many people that think it's a legitimate asset class for equity market investors. If you as a retiree start mucking about or putting any sensible asset allocation towards crypto, then you are putting money into a very volatile asset class. And whether it goes up or not, I can tell you, you want to avoid volatility as an investor looking or focused on annual returns and compounding. You simply can't get involved in asset classes that are highly volatile, and this is one. So no judgment on whether it's going to go up or go down, or whether that industry's going to dissolve to nothing or carry on. It's not the point. The point is, this is not an asset class that Marcus today demographic members should really be playing with as an investment asset class. Have a gamble if you like. Don't include it as an asset class in your retirement portfolio just because it's too volatile. Right, a couple of other things today. You probably saw Endeavor Group. Lots of people hold Endeavor because they got it from Woolies, but Woolies have sold down a part of their stake in EDV. That's off 4.5% today. Bendigo Adelaide Bank is down about 4% today. There's some research out after their update yesterday, which is not terribly positive. Westpac's had their AGM. Share price hasn't done anything. No surprises there. Orica's up 1% on its AGM today. And that's probably about it. Oh, Medibank have seen a class action over their data breach. People looking for compensation for their data being made available. Right, that's about that. Uh, FOMC tonight. That holds the key. My daughter's relationship with her Argentinian boyfriend has survived another night. 3-0 over Croatia. They'll be playing France or Morocco in the final. France heavily favoured, of course. But I've sort of lost interest. Obviously, it isn't coming home. Just a reminder, I have set up a Marcus Padley, at Marcus Padley Twitter site, telling it as it is about the stock market, but of stock market education. My quote in there today is that there, or my little bit of wisdom is that, or a little bit of truth, maybe you call it that, is that there are listed companies that do little more than pay the salaries of their executives. And every year they do a private placement at a discount and that covers their salaries for the next year and their listing fees. I really do wonder whether the ASX shouldn't delist some of these companies. There should be hurdles, I think. If you're going to list, it shouldn't be because you've passed the initial hurdles and then paid your fees. I do think it should be reviewed. There are so many companies that probably shouldn't be listed, it has to be said. And I do know one, for instance, in the past that shall remain nameless that was set up by stockbrokers specifically specifically to pay them salaries. And every year, one of them would sit on the desk and do a private placement. And if you take a private placement, or if you do a private placement, a private placement effectively, if you do it at a discount, you are effectively sucking value. You're sucking that discount off the existing shareholders and handing it to the new shareholders who get the new shares. And if you're a stockbroker, that tends to be your mates. So there are some 
companies that do these private placements every year, fund their salaries, fund the listing fees that don't have anyone's interests at heart other than them. And they just fob it along with a few announcements every year, pretending they're doing something. Anyway, a little bit of stock market truth for you. On that rather flat note, with a flat market, you have a good day today. Watch out for the FOMC tonight and we'll speak to you tomorrow. Thank you.